Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Hey friends, welcome into episode 82 of the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. This special midweek release brings a friend of mine to the show, Vernon Wright. Vernon is one of those people that I've gotten to know over the last couple of years and have spent quite a bit of time in conversations with him on Zoom. So to be able to share this conversation with you is really exciting. Um, Just real quick, I'll tell you about Vernon. Uh, He is a speaker, author, consultant. He's a leader, has over 18 years of experience in education, and Vernon and I sat down and had a really great, authentic conversation recently. And it's really the perfect conversation to tie in right after episode 81 with Chad Brown. If you haven't gone back and listened to episode 81, the one right before this, make sure that you do because Chad and I talk about giving a damn. And in this episode, Vernon and I have a wonderful conversation where we talk about being authentic, about being vulnerable, and honestly, just taking ownership. It's a fantastic conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. You're going to get it right on the other side of this. Hey, leaders, let me tell you a story. It's the story of my first year as a high school principal. I will tell you, I was exhausted, I was overwhelmed, and I lived my life breathing through a snorkel because my head was so far underwater and I didn't think there was a way out. I mean, I was a mess. The 40 feet that it was to move from my assistant principal office down to the principal's office might as well have been a 400-mile trek. I was just absolutely putting in crazy hours. I was trying to do it all, like trying to answer everybody's question, thinking I always had to be the smartest one in the room, and I had to solve everybody's problems. We're talking severe Superman syndrome here, folks. Every day was fire after fire, and all I accomplished was putting out fires. Forget about leading. I was simply trying to survive. Now, after working with a leadership coach, I really was able to get things figured out, get my head from being a firefighter to actually being a leader. But it took work, and I discovered some things that really mattered. And that's why I've created Walk in Your Purpose, Five Mindsets to Level Up Your Leadership, a free ebook that you can have today at no cost. Just go to walkinyourpurpose.roadtoawesome.net backslash ebook to download your free copy. Again, that's walkinyourpurpose.roadtoawesome.net backslash ebook. It's time for you to walk in your purpose, to find joy in your job, and to be the leader you always knew that you could be. I'm really excited to have an opportunity to visit today with my buddy Vernon Wright. Uh, Vernon, man, how you doing? The Wright leader himself (laughs) in the house. Well, let me go ahead and just say uh, what an honor it is to be here with you all today. And uh, wow, you know, I will tell you something that I've learned from you, Darren, and uh, from Tom Murray and, and many of the other greats in the speaking world is we always start out with gratitude. And I just want to say uh, to anyone that is listening to this, 
in whatever medium you're listening to it in or with, um, I take it uh, as a great honor to be here with you all today. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you again. Right on, man. That's, you know, only Vernon Wright can, can open a conversation that way, man. You just, you just have such a, such an incredible way about, yeah, I just appreciate that. Let's do this really quick before we dive in. Um, Cause I have no idea where our conversation is going to go today, which is so cool. Uh, but just for maybe, you know, if there's anybody in my audience who doesn't know who Vernon is, just give us a real quick, you know, whatever you want to talk about, about yourself, uh, yeah. let people know who the right leader is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So the name is Vernon Wright. And as I tell people, unless somebody changed it on the birth certificate and they didn't let me know, uh, speaker, author, consultant, educational leader. Uh, so privileged to be again here with you all today. It is no accident and it is no coincidence that our paths have crossed. I uh, started out many, many years ago uh, as an educator. I started out as a job changer. Some people may or may not necessarily know, but my bachelor's degree is in business. And I had always wanted to be a corporate trainer. And then I found out that once folks got those positions, they just didn't leave them. And uh, so someone <laughs> had encouraged me to jump over into yeah. education. And uh, I did, which gave me an opportunity to kind of go ahead and fulfill kind of that corporate trainer thing. But the interesting thing that I, I will uh, share with your audience is this. And I've shared this on other podcasts before, along with George Kuros and some some other uh, shows on which I'm so grateful to have been on. Uh, my plan was not really to stay in education for more than maybe about two or three years. And uh, God puts angels in your life that really just come in there to go ahead and remind you of what you're capable of and that see beyond you as any great coach does. So start out as a teacher, uh, a little ways down the road, got approached to be a teacher leader, got into that, did that a little bit, uh, then got approached to become an administrator, did that for a little bit, and uh, then I uh, had this opportunity to go ahead and take all of those different talents and go into district level leadership. And uh, so just honored. That's a little bit about my story. Of course, uh, bachelor's degree in business, master's degree from ACE, American College of Education, ACE.edu. Going to go ahead and give them a shout out. So uh, privilege and honor to be with you all today. Yeah, right on, man. There's there's a lot to unpack in there. So um, it's it's interesting. You know, you talk a little bit about your path and um, I, I've talked about this on this podcast a few times, but it's so interesting to me to hear the path through which people have, have gotten to where they are. You know, I mean, you know me, you know, uh, you know, the whole road to awesome thing. I mean, everything to me, we're all on a journey and we should all be headed somewhere awesome. But our our road to awesome, each one of ours is a very different road. And, mm-hmm. you know, it has its own bumps and potholes and, and smooth sailing and all those different things. Um, you know, for me, I, I actually started out, I was a physical therapy major. I mean, I really thought mm-hmm. I wanted to be a high school trainer. I mean, in all seriousness, that's where I really, really, you know, started my efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, same thing. I had some some different mm-hmm. different things, you know, come into and out of my life that, that, that moved me in a direction of going into education. Um, let's, let's maybe talk just a little bit more about that transition for you from teacher leader to administrator, you know, or, or even just, even just from teacher to teacher leader, because, uh, I had, uh, I, I'm sure you're connected with him, uh, uh, Dr. Randy Russell, who's a superintendent mm-hmm. in, uh, Freeman, Washington, he was on the podcast early on and talked about that tap on the shoulder. And so that's kind of where I want to go. You know, what was that? Mm-hmm tap on the shoulder that led you down this leadership path? 
Yeah, so I tell a funny story, right? Uh, so, of course, uh, you know, I was at the high school level, and um, this is a pretty big high school. I mean, maybe not like five or 6,000 students big, but at the time it was about 25, 2,600 students big. And so I go to my mailbox. Yeah, still pretty big school. Still pretty big school. Yeah. So I go to my mailbox one day, and at the time we had maybe about 130, 140 people on staff. And so when you go to the see your mailboxes, it's just like a sea. It's like this huge wall of mailboxes. So I got to my mailbox one day, and I see this piece of paper in it. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you, what can this be, right? And uh, because I didn't see it in other mailboxes, because typically if it was a mass uh, notification announcement, you just see it in all the boxes. Yeah. So I go and I look at it and it's an application. And so the application was to become a teacher leader. And if you became a teacher leader, that means that you were automatically the department head. And so I was in about year two, year three when I got this. And so I looked at this and I was like, oh yeah, this is clearly a mistake. Like clearly, it's clearly yeah. a mistake. And so I started asking my friends, I said, Hey, did you get this in your paper or in your, your mailbox, this piece of paper? And they're like, Nah. And so in those days, in that particular district, we just called each other by our last names. And they said, no, right. We didn't get that. Like, you're the only person that got that right. And uh, I was like, hmm, okay. So finally, I went to um, my administrator at the time. Now, at this school, because it was big, we had probably in total around about seven or eight administrators. So I went to my immediate supervisor and uh, I asked her, she's long since retired. And I asked her, I said, um, I got this in my mailbox and I'm thinking that this is probably a mistake. And, um, I just want to let you know in case, you know, it was supposed to go to somebody else and they didn't get it. And she looked at me <laughs> and I will tell you Darren, uh, cause I was thinking, you know, this is absolutely a mistake. And she looked at me Darren, and she said, no, it wasn't a mistake, Mr. Wright. I'm the person that put it in there. And I was like, Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm flattered. I'm honored, but, but no, thank you. Uh, we already have a department head. We already have, you know, people in leadership. And she was like, I know that, Mr. Wright. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, okay. And um, so it's kind of funny. Those that are um, fans of 80s music, uh, I often say, uh, and I think I mentioned this on George Kuros' podcast as well, um, uh, I basically was living out this song from the Flock of Seagulls, if anyone remembers that band. And uh, they had a song called I Ran, and I ran yeah. so far away. And I was running from leadership. And uh, But guess what? Leadership was my calling. Uh, I didn't call to leadership. Leadership called to me. I love that, man. That's that's. There's some parallels there. You know, my uh, my first principle uh, Betsy that, that hired me, uh, tap on the shoulder between year two and year three, same, same kind of deal too. I mean, and yeah. it wasn't, you know, putting a piece of paper in the mailbox. Um, but rather it was just a flat out conversation over the summer I was in the school and she just pulled me aside and she's like, um, have you thought about going into leadership? And I'm like, no, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> no. <laughs> and she's like, you really need to, you really need to think about that. And, and then partway through, um, through that third year, our department head position opened up and sure enough, I ended up being the department head. And uh, yeah. that was kind of that first, first opportunity for leadership. And, uh, you know, I, I'm still to this day so grateful for her because I don't think Vernon, honestly, that anybody had used my name and leadership in the same sentence before she did. And, right. uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, like you said, I mean, you know, leadership came calling for me and yeah. uh, 
that's that's super powerful. So let's let's spin it forward just a little bit. Um, so you get the opportunity to to be a department head, to be a teacher leader, eventually become an administrator. And you know, for me, I always felt like now it was my job to emulate what Betsy did for me. It was mine to find the people to tap on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about that a little bit as, you know, as that, that school level leader, you know, what, what was your process? How did you go about finding those people to tap on the shoulder? Yeah. So I want to go ahead and give a shout out really to two books. Um, and uh, they've just been absolute game changers in my life personally and professionally. And uh, those that know me well know that I really speak to these two books quite often. And when I'm not speaking to the specific titles, I speak to the concepts within them. Number one is the book Drive, D-R-I-V-E by Daniel Pink. Phenomenal book. Folks, (laughs) I can't tell you to get it fast enough. (laughs) Okay. I can see it on my bookshelf from here, just to be clear. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, the second book is Multipliers by Liz Weisman. Definitely want to give a shout out to Liz Weisman as well. Uh, and then, of course, so I'll go ahead and, and go with those two books. And I will go ahead and say this too as well. And um, they have been really great uh, to me and, and my friend Wade, superintendent here in Texas. And uh, that is Jocko Willick and Leif Babin, uh, the creators and founders of Echelon Front who are former Navy SEALs who basically took all the leadership lessons that uh, they learned as Navy SEALs in combat and created a company that does leadership consulting. And so anything that they do, they have multiple books, multiple podcasts. And so those are really some of the the main core um, inspirations for me, if you will, in my life. And so uh, a few tenets, right? Real quick, a few quick principles, because what I always say is this, anytime that I have the opportunity to be in a space with different people and to share different things, I always want to give people core things they can write down and immediately put into practice. And so number one is this, we're always serving others. Number one, we're always serving others. All right. Number two, if uh, we're truly serving others, if someone tells you they're a real leader, they should have at least one person they're mentoring, professionally or personally, okay? So we're always serving others, that's number one. Dr. Martin Luther King spoke to that. Number two, if someone tells you they're a real leader, they should always be mentoring at least one person. And number three, which comes from Jocko Willink and Leif Babin, is to take ownership. And um, you know, you and I were kind of talking and reflecting on some things before we kind of got into uh, the taping and went live. But what I often tell people is, you know, I'm willing to go ahead and put the mirror in front of my face, but are they willing to put the mirror in front of theirs? And that's where I've had the very, very immensely grateful and blessed to have been in spaces around people that have been trained by Brene Brown. Uh, Doc Speaks, Dr. Adolph Brown, I've had an opportunity to go ahead and see him keynote on a few different occasions uh, and other people that really get into that space of SEL and authenticity and vulnerability, which is a key component for leaders. So I want to go ahead and say this. And as we used to say in in some of my leadership circles years ago, let's go ahead and come full circle, right? And so when we come full circle as a leader every single day, what am I thinking about? What's on Vernon Wright's mind, the right leader, right? What's on the right leader's mind is, 
how can I go ahead and elevate someone else today? Period. And I will go ahead and say this, which I, I, which is kind of a story within a story. I have many mentors in my life and many of them are not in education. They're outside of education. You know, Darren, you and I were talking about uh, a few minutes ago about uh, an event that I was at this past weekend, call it a mastermind, if you will, but around some really, really high level people that have nothing to do with education. And it really opened up my thinking. So I will say this to you, and this is another little bonus or pro tip. Uh, that I often speak to, check your circle. Whoever's around you, check your inner circle. Check them. Okay? Check your inner circle. Um, so let me go ahead and go back to what I was saying before. So number one, we're always serving others. Number two, if someone tells you they're a real leader, they have at least one person they're mentoring actively. And number three, take ownership for your life. And I will tell you guys something. When you take ownership the thing that people run from, which is the taking ownership part, because they feel like, you know, if I say something that's maybe not what I feel is the most advantageous, maybe that'll make me look a certain way. I will tell you this, folks, it's so liberating. It is so very absolutely liberating. Uh, and the very thing that sometimes we run from is the very thing that we need to run to. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. I think maybe let's go a little bit deeper with, with taking ownership because, you know, I mean, like you, I work with I work with leaders all over the place. And, you know, obviously for me, what I what I want to push first and foremost is that leaders uh, really have clarity that they really know mm -hmm. what it is that they care about, you know, and that they really know what it is that's going to move the needle, that's going to get results, that's you know going to drive change or culture or whatever it is that they happen to be focused on, and then obviously being intentional about that work, you know, really aligning what you do, what you say, you know, how you behave, where you put your time, those types of things behind that level of clarity, but but taking ownership is is I don't know if I want to call it next level or, or just going a little deeper with that. So when you're working with, with other leaders and you're talking more about really taking that ownership, to me, taking ownership, it's critical for the individual. But for anything to get done, it can't just be them taking ownership. It's got to be others. So what are maybe some things that, that, that you're experiencing, that you're sharing, or that you're hearing around how do, how do the truly great leaders really get others to take ownership of that collective vision? Absolutely. And so I will go ahead and share another one of my not only favorite books, uh, but favorite leadership influencers uh, of all time for me. And that is the great John C. Maxwell, of, of whom everyone is familiar with. And really the breakout book for me of his mini was the five levels of leadership. And so I will say this very simply is a leader has to be out in front. And, um, you know, we were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier, Darren, but uh, one of the things I've learned over the years is that a leader's authenticity and vulnerability is often how people ultimately will judge and assess a leader, not necessarily by their credentials, not necessarily by their experience. They will judge by their authenticity and their vulnerability. 
And so what I often say to leaders is this, um, do people know that they'll go ahead and get the real story from you? And uh, I was doing some consulting here not long ago with some different leaders uh, in some different parts of the country. And one of the things I was talking to them about was your reputation for authenticity and vulnerability precedes you. And there are some things that only trust will get you to understand and to know about with people within your organization. And so if we haven't been building trust and we haven't been, then that means what have we not been doing? We have not been demonstrating authenticity and vulnerability. Now, what do we expect teachers to get students to do? We expect teachers to get students to demonstrate their learning, right? But here's the thing. Yeah. Key point to go ahead and take down. Are we asking leaders in the different spaces we're in to demonstrate their authenticity and vulnerability? And that cannot, and here's a great pro tip for you folks, if you're taking notes, that cannot be delegated to someone else. So I know a lot of people say, well, you know, uh, Vernon, I'll just delegate that. Yeah, you can't delegate your authenticity and vulnerability to someone else. Maybe you delegate your social media account to a handler or somebody to handle it for you. Um, but your authenticity and your vulnerability cannot be delegated to someone else. But again, what does that go back to? It goes back to the ownership piece. But once a person takes ownership, and here's a very subtle but a very significant change in perspectives and mindset. Once you take ownership, the game changes, Darren. It changes. Oh, Why yeah. does it change, Vernon? It changes because then there's a sense of empowerment that comes over you where you, you understand that, you know what? I can change this. I've got a part to play in this. Now, I will tell you a quick little story within a story again. I, I was doing some consulting um, in a place outside of my state and was working with a different staff uh, with some folks. And so, um, you know, when you get to a, a different client and you're working with them and you're talking to different leaders, you want to talk to the people within the organization as well. And oh, some of the people within this organization told me, they said, you know, Vernon, um, there was a certain situation they were dealing with at this campus. And they said, you know, Vernon, uh, we already know what happened. We're just waiting to see what the leader is going to go ahead and say to us about what happened. And so I want to go ahead and throw a quick little pro tip in here again. Mm. Uh, before we move on, which simply is this, because I know we're, we're getting ready to bring this to a close. The, the level of health of your organization, of course, we would call that organizational health, right? For those that follow Patrick Lencioni, another great guy, um, which is simply this, right? This is one of the components. Quick litmus test for you to go ahead and check and assess your, your organization. The degree to which information is shared within your organization. And so often when I've done consulting work and I've worked with different organizations, guess what I found out? One of the, for the ones that, that were really struggling, were really challenged with some different things. One of the commonalities was there was, for the information that could be shared, of course, sometimes there's sensitive information, but for the information that could be shared and should have been shared with everyone within the organization, there typically have been breakdowns and the lines of communication. And so it's been fragmented at best. So I just want to give that to leaders right there as a quick little litmus test for them to ask themselves of the information that can be shared with everyone, has it been shared with everyone? And if it hasn't, 
chances are um, your organization is not as quote unquote healthy as it could be. That's such an interesting point. Um, I, I want to chase that just a little bit. I, I know we're we'll we'll wrap up fairly soon, but um, when when I'm listening to you talk about that, it, it takes me back to honestly my last two years as a superintendent, which of course were during the pandemic. And you know, I I believe very strongly in you know we are sharing as much information as we possibly can, but during that year and a half. It was so complicated to do that because, number one, information was changing regularly. Uh, number two, and I don't know what it was like in Texas. I was in, Cal- or in Colorado at the time. And uh, in Colorado, the challenge was different decision-making entities. So it was almost like we were playing table tennis with the state and local. State mm-hmm. And local, mm-hmm. and it was really complicated. I struggled with this so much, and I, you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, I would say probably that last year or so, based on um, Pat Lencioni's definition, which which I think is solid, we probably didn't have very good organizational health because we mm-hmm. weren't able to share. And it wasn't that we didn't want to share; it was just getting good quality information made it so complicated. And mm-hmm. so I guess I'm, I'm going to find a way to spin this into a question for you or maybe just turn this into a sentence stem and you can just run with it. But during that window of time, the complicated nature of simply getting information, could that be a connection to some of the struggles, some of the massive leadership turnover that we have seen here in the country, just staying with school alone? Is there some potential connection to those two elements? Absolutely. And so really what you're thinking about there and kind of what you're talking about, and wish we had had a whole lot of time to go ahead and unpack this, but I will say this, it points yeah. out it points out a few different things. First of all, yeah. what are the sources of our information? And like you said, um, what is the nature of that information changing? And then the other thing too is, uh, what is the veracity of that information? Is that information that is fully vetted? Is it information that is fully trusted? And I'll go ahead and share this again, a little story, another little story within a story, right? Which is I was doing some, some consulting work with a leader one time, and the leader was talking about some different things. And I said, you know what? Uh, I want to remind you of something. And and so the person looked at me and they said, well, Mr. Ray, what, what, do, you, what do you say about that? What do you say about that, Vernon? And I had to remind a person, not everyone is playing with operating with the same information that you are because what happens folks is when especially and i was talking to some folks about this recently about data right and so what's the purpose of data well one of the purposes of data is to inform your decision making but if there's information some people have and others don't have if you don't have that same information is it going to affect your decision making absolutely it's going to because you just don't have knowledge of that so how can you make a decision on something that you have no knowledge of, right? And so again, what are the sources of information? What's the veracity of the information? And then that third thing that we talked about just a few moments ago, what is the level of dissemination within the organization of information that can be shared, which really is a litmus test for what else? It's a litmus test for your communication systems 
and your communication constructs and structures within your organization. And so if you think about it, and I'll just say this real quick, because I know we're getting ready to wrap up. Uh, let's use kind of an old school example, right? You use an old school example of a telephone tree that would look kind of like an organizational chart. So how healthy is your telephone tree? Does your telephone tree work? <laughs> it's a good way to look at it, man. I like that. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. And I know that was, uh, well, again, we talked about this from the beginning. We didn't really know where our conversation was going to go, which is so cool. And it's interesting that we that we ended up in that in that particular place. Just just a phenomenal conversation about leadership. And so so Vernon, let's do this. Um, I ask everybody the same question, the same final question here on the podcast. So it's the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. So Vernon, how are you leaning into leadership right now? Yeah, I'm leading into leadership by doing this. And those that know me very well professionally and personally know this. I have dedicated my life to elevating others. And so as the late great Zig Ziglar said, you can have everything in life that you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. And so for me, I've dedicated my life to helping others. And that truly is my calling. And that truly is what my joy is. And so what am I doing to go ahead and further that? I'm working on how do we honor and truly respect individuals every single day in our lives. Shout out to Brene Brown and everyone else in the space that is talking about and working on social and emotional learning. That's fantastic, man. Well, and I will tell you that, uh, you know, you are somebody who who helps to lift me up on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. our, our connection that I think goes back now a couple of years. Uh, and one of these days we're actually going to be in the same space together and actually yes, get sir. to uh, to have a face to face conversation, not a uh, not a virtual conversation. But uh -huh. you are definitely somebody who uh, who lifts me up and keeps me elevated in the space, and I appreciate you so very much. You're very gracious, sir, and a great honor to be with you, your audience, your listeners, your followers, and everyone else that comes into uh, contact with this. And let me just say this real quick: it is no accident, and it is no coincidence that you have come into this space to listen to us today. It is my great honor and privilege to have shared with you. And it is my desire that something I've shared will help you live a better life. That's fantastic, man. So real quick, um, people are going to want to get in touch with you. So how do they get in touch with Vernon Wright? Absolutely. So uh, across all social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, it is at sign the right leader, T-H-E, and that's right with a W, W-R-I-G-H-T, leader, L-E-A-D-E-R. And of course, if you want to go ahead and see some of my uh, body of work, if you will, uh, simply go ahead and go to therightleader.com. Thank you so much. And of course, quick shout out yeah. to ACE, uh, EDU, ace.edu, American College of Education, if you want to find out more about ACE. Awesome stuff right there. Thank you so much, Vernon. I will put uh, links to all of that stuff in the show notes, all the books that Vernon mentioned and all of the other uh, all the other connections in there. We'll make sure those are in the show notes for people. Vernon Wright, the right leader. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you. My pleasure. Hey, big thank you to Vernon Wright for being my guest here on the show. And folks, a big thank you to each and every one of you. I greatly appreciate all of you who are consistently listening, who are giving us the big shout outs and the five-star reviews like this one from Lindsay Lyons. Lindsay wrote, Darren guides listeners through deeply reflective conversations and also leaves us with an energizing call to be awesome by the end. I definitely recommend this podcast for educational leaders from principals to superintendents, as well as teachers who love learning about leadership. Thank you, Lindsay. I appreciate you. And all of you out there listening, I appreciate you as well. 
Thank you for joining me here on Leaning Into Leadership. We'll catch you this Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.